Welcome, Talk Tuners, to Season 3 of Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. I'm Stephanie Myers. Hey, all Stephanie Pena. Welcome, folks. Welcome to the show where we share stories and memories connected to the music that has shaped our lives. We're here and we're back, and we're so excited for this new year. And I want to say a special thanks to those of us who found us in the Gin Blossoms episode. That was the penultimate episode of Season 2. Um, we'd recently taken a little look at our listener metrics, and we saw just a very big influx of listeners for that episode. Uh, we don't know where you guys came from, but we welcome you with open arms. So thanks and welcome. And thanks to also listeners who've been with us since season one. Thank you, Talk Tuners. We're just so excited to have more to chat about here with you in this new season. Yeah, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So this season, we're going to kick it off with a sort of love letter to the 90s, as this decade had a real impact on our lives. But before we get into that, I want to talk about something current in the music industry today. Um, I don't, you guys definitely, if you haven't heard, now you know. Metallica has announced a world tour called M72. And I am over the moon, excited. Oh my God, it's fucking Metallica. Um, I've seen them a couple of times in the 90s. Um, so I had to make sure I got tickets for this one. Um, the cool thing about this show this actual tour is that they're going to play for two nights. They're going to do two different sets with two different opening acts. So every city is going to be unique. Every city they play, their set list is going to be unique. They are, um, their opening acts do include the newly reformed Pantera and also Ice Nine Kills. The price point for the show was like 90s, dude. Two nights, $100. What? That's kind of what? Yeah. Two nights. A hundred dollar ticket. What, what the fuck, man? Yes. Two shows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, straight up, y'all. Metallica back in the day was the the, the the most expensive ticket I ever bought. Um, I remember like literally being like, hey, I'm, I was in high school and be like, hey, man, I'm, I'm pushing carts at HEB, which is a grocery store. I was a grocery bagger. I only make X amount. So I had to go in with my mom to get, you know, pay half and half, you know, come on, help me out. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, dude, so this is awesome. But here's the deal, y'all. I got super stoked. I have a buddy in Seattle and I was like, you know what? I want to go see somewhere different because it's a stadium tour. And I, I was like, yeah, you know, let me, you know, let me just try something different. I want to go to Dallas. So I bought tickets for August 30th and September 1st, thinking it was for next year, 20, oh, this year, excuse me. I'm still, that's bad for me. I always get a little mixed up with the new year. Um, so 2023, <laughs> right? No, y'all, it's for 2024. So just so y'all know, <laughs> just so y'all, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I got punked, man. Awesome. Um, and I'm telling you, like it was, yeah, whatever. So I'm excited about this show. It's going to be great. Um, and I hope that, uh, you know, every, you know, as far as the, the logistics go and everything, everything's a smooth ride because 2024 is a mile away from me, a long way. So anyway, I want to know if anybody else is like, you know, yeah, I bought tickets for 2024 and kind of had the same experience. I just, it's so stupid, man. Stuff. I'm telling you, man, I was just like, it's dumb, but, uh, I'm excited. <laughs> I'll get to see them eventually. Right. <laughs> anyway, so let's go on today's topic. Today, guys, we're going to talk about one of the biggest names in rock and roll to this very day. Um, as I mentioned, we're going to do a little bit of love letter to the 90s here and there and during the season. Um, today, we're going to talk about Green Day! Green Day! And we're discussing one of their many big hits, When I Come Around. 
great they're just so great and i feel like they held such a esteemed part of my kind of like childhood um into like junior high um but they're so great and they've stood the test of time right which i think is when we think of these 90s bands or bands who kind of came of age in the 90s we see who stood the test of time and green day to me is the ultimate example of this they are from east bay california as folks on the line probably know, that's Billy Joe Armstrong, Mike Dirt, Trey Cool, and our lovely Billy Joe is fifty this year. Wow. He's fifty years old, and he co-founded Green Day with Mike Dirt um, all the way back in nineteen eighty-seven. So they have been around before they even hit. They've been around for when I come around. How about that? <laughs> But they're fantastic. And as uh, folks may or may not know, they've been this uh, trio for much of the band's career with Trey Cool. And he um, had replaced out John Kiffmeyer in 1990 prior to the recording of their second album, Kerplunk, in 1991. So these guys have really been around for a hot minute and you know their name for a reason, right? Yeah, absolutely. They've taken over the world at some point, man. These guys were a dominant force in the music industry and they're still big. Um, I definitely had a crush on Mike Dirt growing up. Um, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie there. I think it was the nose. There was something attractive about his nose. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, this was, you know, Green Day was the first pop punk band I liked. Um, never, you know, you think when I think about punk, I think about pistols, I think about Ramones, but this is definitely a different sound. Um, absolutely love it. I started listening to them in the seventh grade. And, uh, when I, when I got into them, I definitely just, they were on my playlist every day, mixtapes, you know, whatever. And what I love the most about Green Day is that there's, they're a band that has evolved, um, you know, throughout the years. We talk about other bands in the previous seasons that, uh, you know, just kind of reinvent themselves, go different directions, um, but still do still on point. And this band is just on point. And when I come around, man, this is, this is like a nineties anthem. Like it, it's something else. It, it is something else. And that the album Dookie, man, I love the album Dookie. It's so good. And when we're talking about when I come around, it was huge, huge single off Dookie. It was released as the fourth single 
from the album in 1994, officially released in January 1995, but it was played live as early as 1992. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that, it's like this had been around. Um, And (laughs) (laughs) when it came around was Green Day's most popular radio single at this point in their career, since early in their career. And it peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot 100 Airplay chart. And it was their highest charting radio single until 2004's Boulevard of Broken Dreams peaked at number two. So it's so funny because I grew up thinking it's like, oh, man, they're huge and this is the hugest they'll be. But then they got even bigger than that. Even bigger. So I was uh, I know we were talking on the line, Pena, about, you know, the ubiquitousness of the American Idiot album and how that could be its own episode. And how it went all the way to Broadway. And so, you know, like these guys crossed genres and crossed sectors and did it incredibly, right? And did it really masterfully. And now you, I think they're a household name. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They are completely a household name. Um, Just a little side bit, you know, my mom knows who Green Day is. And my mom does not listen to any of the music that I do. That is... uh, Anytime I talk about music, we talk back in the day, she always says, oh yeah, I remember Green Day and Corn. Those are the two bands, you know, she's like, I was always busting their jams. So yeah, absolutely. They're a household name. (laughs) So funny. It's so funny. Yeah. And then just Dookie era. I just think about it. It was like, oh man, this was such part of the soundtrack uh, for that time in my life. It was just always around. And I feel like I always talk on this podcast about 1994 being my favorite year for music, um, or definitely the year that I connected deeply with music at first. And so many, many, many of my favorite albums come from that year. And I think Dookie is definitely one of them. It just holds a special place in my heart. I think Longview is my favorite personal track off of there. And I always do think too about how Dookie was in this era when there were secret tracks on CD mm-hmm. albums. And I, I don't know if all the talk tuners know about those, but those were unlisted tracks at the end of albums. And this one on Dookie was called All By Myself. I think you know what it's about by the title. Um, but it was a it was a big hit in my junior high, as I recall. Everyone's like, did you hear the secret track? Are you yeah. aware of it? So that was... <laughs> That was a fun time. Yeah, I'm just going to piggyback off that, man, all by myself. Talk about growing up, dude, and discovering all those funny physical emotions you get when you're being, when you're attracted to someone. Man, this song is all about the puberty, you know? It's like an ode to puberty. Um, you know, we're literally, I mean, Green Day has been forming so long that they are, you know, in their previous albums, they're talking about themselves growing up, being bored in their rooms, ain't got nothing to do. This literally was like, I can connect to this shit because this is me right now. I, yeah, this is insane. You know, me for Dookie, I actually had the tape. I was still rocking the tapes. The tape was blue. And I know that um, by the time I discarded it, you couldn't even fucking read a damn thing on it because I <laughs> it was white That's lettering. Awesome. It just washed <laughs> off. I'm just like, this is, I was always in my rotation. Um, you know, I went out and bought the shirt. So I had to look this up before the show because I remember I had this white t-shirt for Dookie and it's a picture of a dog and he's holding a, a pile of poo in a bowl. And because <laughs> it's Dookie, right? Awesome. And <laughs> that was a hit in school. And uh, we're talking like seventh grade, you know, as far as 
you know, the, the actual, the music, this music on the album. Yes. I'll, I can listen to it frontwards, backwards, whatever. My favorite track on the album is she, um, that really resonated with me. That is, Oh, and hearing that live is so good. And, uh, yeah. So green day, damn man. They, uh, they, they ruled my world for quite a while (laughs) for sure. Yeah. They're so good. They're so good. I think about the era of when I come around, just how it was on the radio, had this incredible radio Mm -hmm. presence that I've never Mm -hmm. seen before or since. And I think maybe that also has to do with like the decline of terrestrial radio and how things have just changed. Right. But I'm just wondering if everyone who's listening to this episode, like fully understands the radio presence that the song had when it first came out. Cause I don't think I've ever heard a song played on the radio so much in my life. It would run three or four times an hour. That is not a joke. It was constant. And it was kind of like, oh man, I like this album, but is this, are we doing this again? Like, are we doing this particular song again? Can we play Basket Case? Can we do something on the radio? But radio loved this song. Um, And I know you had a similar experience kind of. Yeah, absolutely. So over where I was growing up, radio was king and it definitely was always on for sure. And not to mention MTV. And we talk about that. You know, we have to. MTV is a big presence. Obviously, it was music television, real music television back in the day. And they this video was in heavy rotation for sure. I think that between the radio and MTV that I probably heard this song on average like 10 times a week. Like okay. just thinking about it just in general, that's pretty, that's insane. So that definitely planted <laughs> a seed in my head. Um, you know, just talk a little bit about the video because during this time, again, videos were a big component of band success and that's how people would, would uh, be exposed to different music. I love this video because it's basically just the guys just wandering around um, and they're looking really sharp. Like there's something about that imagery. Um, I really like the cinematography and they're just walking around town doing their thing. And, you know, as far as the song itself, you know, it's talking about basically, you know, it's all about relationships and I'll just be around. And I'm like, you know what, listening to this, you kind of schooled me on how to date. Like, don't, don't trust boys. Just don't. <laughs> just, just don't. So thank you, Billy, for that. Like straight up, you know, just kind of keeping it real. He's um, honest. Yeah. It's not, and I love, I love Billy for that. So thank you. You know, um, and, you know, outside of that, you know, the video presence, um, they definitely, uh, MTV would show them in different capacities. They, in 1994, again, that golden year of, uh, for rock and roll, um, there was a renaissance of, of the Woodstock. Woodstock came back and had, uh, a bunch of major bands, uh, you know, blow out or where was Woodstock in New York, right? Of course. Um, yeah. so yeah, it went out and, uh, Green Day was part of that lineup and it, they did a phenomenal set. So I got to see some of that and they also did sp- Bring break performances. MTV was really big about bringing top artists together to Daytona Beach, all these different areas that uh, college kids would go and spring break at. And man, I have, I just, I cherish all of those uh, live performances because they just, they just bring that energy, dude. They're insane. Yeah. The type of energy that I think people were really hungry for at that time mm-hmm. too. And people called them, you know, all kinds of things, pop punk in and of itself. I think they're a hybrid, but they're great. They're great. And I think the earlier roots, I think were more steeped in punk as well. Cause I yeah. think about Kerplunk, right? The earlier mm-hmm. EP, I was thinking it was like the, in the no fans had this EP, which when I was growing up and you kind of had to search 
um, for more obscure music. There was no Spotify. Um, so I had friends who introduced me to that album. It was passed around our junior high. And that actually contained the first version of Welcome to Paradise, which was really cool. And of course, that track appeared later on Dookie and was a hit. But it's, um, you know, they've taken, they take their material and they evolve it and they shape it. And I thought that was really neat. Yeah, absolutely. I was definitely one of those fans, man. I had the Kerplunk for sure. Um, you know, as soon as I heard Longview, that was the first uh, jam I ever heard uh, from Green Day. And I went and started doing research and, of course, talking to people who were cooler than me. And um, I got <laughs> I got a hold of that. And I would say my favorite song from there is Christy Road. Um, and, you know, that's another song that, you know, kind of just talks about love and relationships and stuff. So it I really, I mean, I can't, I keep coming back like this. They were living out their lives through their music and just talking about frustrations that we all have. I mean, common, you grow, you're growing up, you're dating, you're figuring yourself out. And uh, when I come around, man, you know, going back to that, to the point of this episode, for sure, that, uh, that song resonates with me in so many different ways outside of the dating aspect. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. Yeah, man. Um, you know, Green Day, just Green Day themselves. So, of course, they've, they've influenced me. So, of course, I had to share the wealth. You know, if I knew about a band, I'm like, hey, have you heard this? Because not everybody had access to MTV. Some people aren't listening to yeah. radio. Again, we are children. Parents have control of things. Some parents did, right? Well, totally. check this out. <laughs> check this out, Steph. So I had this friend. Who only listen to Christian music. I ain't got nothing against that. You do you. But um, we're just talking about music in general. And I introduced her to Green Day. And oh, cool. I set off a flame. I set <laughs> off a flame. Like she. she. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm pretty sure her parents hate me. But um, I'm like, you know, whatever, dude. I was like, you know, there's you know other good stuff too. You know, I don't just you like what you like. But, um, you know, I'm like, you have to get into this. This is the it thing. And uh, I was, you know, outside of that. So in 1995, um, I was in my freshman year in high school. I got to see them live. What the so fuck, awesome. man? Like, so I'm badass. spoiled. I'm so fortunate, like, to see them, like, when so they're cool. hitting it. Oh, my God. So I saw them at the Freeman Coliseum in San Antonio, where I'm from. It was my second show that I've ever seen. And I just, I remember I was not on the floor. I did not know, I didn't know what, what I could handle. I didn't know I could handle a pit yet. Um, I was sure. learning, right? So I'm in the seat, but I'm telling you, man, the, the crowd, we were all just jumping up and going crazy. It was insane. I, there were people there that I knew from high school and other sections and the Freeman Coliseum is actually kind of small. Um, so uh, we would see each other and like wave and shit like, yeah, this is our gym, you know, yeah, <laughs> teenage forever, teenage angst. And, Next. you know, kind of coming full circle, my high school class song was Good Riddance, Time of Your Life. Awesome. And we graduated in the Freeman Coliseum. So Whoa. like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, isn't that crazy? Isn't that, it's just nuts. So yeah. So man, this is, I love talking about this. this is, I got a big old smile on my face. Talk tuners. You don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, but Stephanie and I did get a chance to go see them and um, I'm going to let her pass the mic to her and let her introduce that. I think it's so cool that you got to see them in the nineties too. And I think, Oh man. Okay. I grew up listening to these guys and uh, I wanted to see them. And I remember it like they came through Houston. I really want to see them, um, but I didn't get to see them play live in junior high or high school, but instead, yes, I got to see them at giant stadium in 2005. 
and it was awesome. It was fantastic. Uh, you and I, as I recall, took the train from the city, got to watch it with our friends, um, Gina and Lucy, who we've talked about in previous episodes. And it was an incredible time, right? The show mm-hmm. was just an incredible time. I just, I have this very distinct memory of how they made sure that the show was just larger than life, right? It was uh, yep. fitting for an arena. They had fireworks, they had pyrotechnics, just perfect for the stadium um, that they were playing. Uh, just the the pyrotechnics and kind of that uh, area reminded me of seeing Kiss at Madison Square Garden. Just like, hey, I'm going to, I'm playing in the back row, right? Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really, really cool. And so I think about how at that show, it was around the time of the American Idiot album, which was, as we said, so huge for them. And so, yeah, growing up, I thought Dookie was going to be their apex, but um, Mm -hmm. American Idiot surpassed all of it. It had uh, Holiday, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, title track, and then Wake Me Up When September Ends and Jesus of Suburbia. And so that night they played a lot of that album, which makes a lot of sense, but they played these hits uh, from all the way back, including from Dookie, of course, and it was a great show. And I... I generally love stadium concerts. I know that's not everybody's cup of tea. I know somebody, uh, sometimes people prefer more intimate shows and I think there's time and place for that, but I've always loved the energy of arena shows and they knew how to harness that energy and make it really good for everybody. So it was a fantastic show and that's a memory that I always lock into uh, when I think about Green Day mm-hmm. and On another note, another Green Day memory um, that I have, but speaking of American Idiot, uh, connected to that album was uh, going to karaoke uh, for Easter with some friends. And uh, (laughs) we uh, had all gone to Sing Sing on Avenue A, which is a great karaoke spot in the East Village. And uh, just really loved that place so much. We talk about that in previous episode, uh, the episode of The Cure, I believe. But on this particular uh, day for Easter, like we started seeing off with what else? Jesus of Suburbia. Naturally. It was perfect, right? And ended up um, segueing into what I believe was the entire album. So I'm sure everybody really loved us that day for monopolizing the front area, their friend group, and these selections as we, you know, day drank our way through the $2 happy hour or whatever it was. So... That's another, it's a really core Green Day memory for me. Uh, just being like, we're going to sing a full American Idiot album, like right here for Easter. So it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, y'all, they love this at Sing Sing. We, we open that <laughs> joint up, we close it down. It, mm-hmm. That place is shit. <laughs> that place is shit. So much so that like, even one time I brought an outside friend about our, uh, you know, that really didn't hang out our inner circle. I met him through another friend and I got him in a karaoke, like created a monster. So yeah, man, that, yeah. I mean, I would love to see some video of this, the the whole album. That's insane. But, uh, you know, back to the show, uh, it was a wonderful experience, y'all. I had the pleasure of being on the field and I am a huge NFL fan. And so the mix of being on a football field of this magnitude and one of the bands that I most love in this world, I was in fucking heaven. It was like, oh my God. So that confetti that they had flew on me. And yeah. it was just <laughs> awesome. Because I was up in the 
front. No fear now. I'll take it all. I've been through my pits. I'm I'm not I'm not junior anymore. I know how to do this. So definitely up there. Um, I was on the floor with Lucy. It was fantastic. And and that this show, Jimmy Eat World, opened up for them. And Jimmy Eat World is a band that came out in the late '90s, early 2000s. And but it was like they were great too. The lineup was awesome. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Stephanie. I'm a big fan of stadium, uh, stadium shows because Green Day, their performance, just their stage presence, it, you're, they're still interactive. Like mm-hmm. you still feel a part of it, even though yeah. if you may not have been where I was on the field, you were there and you felt just in sync. It, it, they're just fucking great. They are just so good. Um, you know, and as far as y'all just getting to that show, you knew we loved Green Day because the logistics, my God, like we're living in Brooklyn. We got to go to Jersey. All right. So for folks that don't know, so we're hopping state lines. <laughs> we're taking trains on a school night. Like, like we have to go to work, you know, and this is like what on average, probably like what a two hour at least. Yeah. 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 Real. To get out there. Yeah. <laughs> to get out there. Cause you're waiting for trains. You're interchanging. You're going, you know, my gosh, stuff. Man, the things we do for music, dude telling you i know i know it feels like a ongoing theme of this podcast is uh <laughs> the uh, the story is of getting to the shows getting to and from the shows right and i think that just goes back to our fandom and our love for all these bands to be like yeah man we gotta we gotta do this we gotta make that music memory right Exactly. Exactly. It's like, you know, hey, we're here. Let's make it happen. Because, you know, yeah, not all the shows happen in New York. So we had, we're going to go out. That's the beauty. But I sure do wish we had a car, man. I ain't going to lie. That would have been so, that would have been so much easier. <laughs> car in New York, the real dream. Yeah, for real. For real. Uh, uh, such good memory for sure. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Green Day just in general, you know, they were talking about their live presence. We talk about, you know, how they, sh- they're sharing their lives with us. Something else that they share with us are their opinions and they, I love them. I absolutely love them. They, they bring, they bring good messages and uh, yeah. And Billy Joe is definitely someone who speaks out for sure. Totally. Totally. And you know, on this show, we connect the dots for folks who always go beyond the music. So I just want to acknowledge artists to do that. Billy Joe had said sometime this past summer, um, he's going to uh, planning on renouncing his U.S. citizenship over the Roe v. Wade reversal. I really always appreciated Billy speaking out. I really appreciate what Green Day does, and they have a long track record, I think, of supporting women, supporting progressive causes. And um, yeah, you know, music doesn't exist in a vacuum, and people don't exist in a vacuum. And mm-hmm. we appreciate the folks and musicians who acknowledge that. So needed to mention that and give props. Yeah, absolutely. It's badass. You know, um, we're obviously music enthusiasts. It's what we do um, and able to connect with them in a different way. It's, it's cool. It's very cool. Um, I, I'd go see Green Day in a minute again, see what happens. We should make that. Totally. Happen. We should go see them again. We yeah. Let's go see if they're touring this year. Let's check that out. Make another music memory for this great band. Well, just wanted to say thank you, Talk Tuners, for joining us as we took this walk down memory lane, as we talked about this band that we love so much. Remember that we're a proud member of the Pantheon Music Network. Please listen to those other great shows too. Check them out. 
You can also find this show on all of the socials that you're on. You can find us at Stephanie's Talk Tunes on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. You can find us at Stephanie's Talk on Twitter. If you want to drop us a line directly, you can reach us at Stephanie's Talk Tunes at gmail.com. Guys, definitely reach out. Share your Green Day memories. We would love to hear those. We'd absolutely love to hear those. You can also feel free to rate us, this episode or the show, on Good Pods, iTunes, Spotify, and we will periodically read those five-star reviews on the show. So we really appreciate the great feedback that we've gotten. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we kicked off season three very well. I am super stoked. Again, glad that you're here, but uh, all good things have to come to an end. So we'll see you next time. This is Stephanie Pena, and I'm out. I'm out. Talk to you in two weeks. Peace. <laughs>